This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. As we look forward to the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, we pray God's blessings upon you and your friends and family as you gather to celebrate. Now enjoy our program with Pastor Steve Kramer's message entitled, All the Places to Go, Opening Doors for Others. In the last two messages, we've been looking at how God places all kinds of open doors before us, opportunities that can make our lives exciting and fulfilling. Well, today we're going to look at God's open doors, which allow us to be door openers for others. So I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. God of grace. We thank you for your blessings that you've poured into our lives. As we prepare for another Thanksgiving holiday, may we be ever mindful of your goodness and ever charitable toward those you place before us to help and serve. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 12, beginning at verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I'll do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. So relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night... Your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Who left the outside door open? It's freezing in here. Would you grow up in a barn? Who left the cupboard doors open? It makes my kitchen look like a mess. Dear friends, open doors, I know, are not always welcome occurrences. It's true. 
But these days, we've been talking about open doors in a positive way. We've been talking about how God opens doors to us and how we can recognize them and choose the best. As we look through Scripture, as we move on with our series, we learn that God's open doors are typically invitations to make our lives count with God's help for His glory and for the sake of other people. You see, ultimately, God opened a door for us so that we might open doors for others. Unfortunately, though, some miss going through these doors, and they miss the joy and the satisfaction that they can experience in their own lives as well as bring into other people's lives. It happens for a variety of reasons such as the one we encounter in today's story from Luke's gospel, which we read earlier. One day, while Jesus was teaching, a person interrupted him and said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Apparently, there was some sort of a skirmish going on in the family, and this man was afraid he's going to miss out on his fair share of the family inheritance. Jesus doesn't play the role of a judge for him, as the man would like him to do. But he does give a caution. Take care and be on guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Be careful, Jesus is saying. Greed is dangerous. It shrinks our souls. It keeps us from walking through open doors that God places before us to serve others. It narrows our vision of the world to me. With a capital M-E. You've heard the little poem, I'm sure. I had a little tea party this afternoon at three. T'was very small, three guests in all, I, myself, and me. Myself ate all the sandwiches while I drank up the tea. T'was also I who ate the pie and passed the cake to me. Me, myself, and I. Greed is a dangerous thing, one of the seven deadly sins, because it's so insidious and all too easy to get caught up in, whether you're poor, but especially if you're a person that has some wealth. Haddon Robinson, a preacher that I respect, said, for every verse in the Bible that tells us the benefits of wealth, there are ten that tell us the danger of wealth. And one of the dangers is greed. These days, a new term has been coined from the technological world of Facebook called FOMO. Perhaps you've heard it. FOMO is an acronym which means fear of missing out. On Facebook, you see, it's always sharing the wonderful things going on in our lives. That's what we do on Facebook. And pretty soon, though, we start comparing and look, reading other people's Facebook reports and sense that some, somebody is getting more than me, more vacation opportunities, having more fun, more invitations for fun events, more friends. And it can start to make a person feel a little depressed, like I'm missing out. My life should be better than this. We actually see a little bit of FOMO in the Garden of Eden, don't we? With Adam and Eve. 
the serpent approaches Eve and says, did God say that you shouldn't eat from that tree? And Eve said, no, he, yes, he told us that we couldn't eat it, we couldn't touch it, lest we die. And the serpent says, listen, that's not true. God just doesn't want you to be like him. You're missing out. All you need to do is take a bite. We have this insatiable hunger for more within us. And when it's focused on ourselves and self-gain, it's a foolish, it's an ungodly, it's a dangerous, lonely, dead, and street. And Jesus then goes on to explain with a parable to make his point. He tells about a man who was living for himself. The land of a rich man produced plentifully, he said. A rich farmer had a bumper crop. A strange thing happened as a result, though. With all of this that he had in hand, he had a conversation with himself, not with God, not with the wise elders that would sit at the city gates and help with decision-making in the community. No, he talked with himself. He had a board of directors of one. Notice all the eyes and the mys in this. What should I do with my crop? I'll tear down my barns and take my grain and my goods, and I'll say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax now. Eat and be merry. Have a comfortable retirement. I have myself well taken care of. What a good life I've created. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus went on to say, here is God's take on his life. God said, fool, this night your soul, your very life is required of you. And now these things, whose will they be? Then Jesus summed it up by saying, so are the ones who lay up treasure for themselves and are not rich towards God. They're nothing more than fools. What does it mean to be rich towards God, you suppose? It means to treasure God above everything else, to use one's life for God and walk in his ways. Jesus is saying that leaving God and others out of the picture and pursuing other treasures for yourself is considered a wasted life in God's sight. Greed's foolish. It's so short-sighted when you think about it. You can't take it with you. How many U-Hauls have you seen on the way to the cemetery? It all goes back in the box. That's the big picture. In fact, in the next verses that follow this parable we read, we see Jesus turning to his disciples now and basically telling them, you know, God has a better plan for you as his people. I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, and about your body, what you shall wear. He reasons with them, life is more than that. It's more than food and more than body and more than clothing. And he talks about the birds of the air and the, the beauty of the fields with the flowers. He said, if God takes care of those things, of how much more valuable you are to him. If his eye is on the sparrow, you can be sure he watches over you. 
And then he says, you can't add an hour to your life by worrying about these things. And he points out, you know, the nations, the pagans of the world are after all these things. Your father knows what you need. Trust him. And instead, seek first his kingdom and serve your heavenly father, serving others. Fear not, little flock, for it's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, downsize, hold them more loosely sacrifice and give to those in need replace greed with generosity make wise investments in others that will open doors for them with acts of kindness helping with your resources your time and skills make money bags for yourselves jesus said that will never wear out in heaven an unfailing treasure where thieves cannot come and moths cannot destroy. And then he sums it all up by saying, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If God is your treasure, your heart is in a good place. You're living wisely. But if personal comforts and security and well-being and personal glory and possessions are your treasures, you've got a serious heart problem. The bottom line here is Jesus is pointing out that the wise way to live life as his disciple is found in taking my focus off of myself, me, myself, and I, and looking for ways to serve, to open doors, to help others, so to speak, using all God has given me my time, my money, my skills, my talents, my connections to open doors for others. You know, doors open when we really begin to look for ways to live that way, to be rich towards God. As we put ourselves out there to take these words seriously, we begin to notice and care about people that we might overlook. We begin to see them through the eyes of Jesus. Love and generosity open up all kinds of opportunities for us to be door openers in other people's lives. And that's when life gets exciting. You see, you don't have to look far for those divine opportunities to open doors like that. It can begin right at home, in fact, our spouse. As we listen, as we pay attention to one another, as we go out of our way to serve each other and to affirm one another and encourage and ask the question, what can I be doing for you? I have a friend, Jim, whose wife has just been through some very serious surgery. He called me and said, I won't be at Bible study for a few weeks my wife is laid up and I'm plain nurse. She's going to have to learn how to put up with my cooking for a few weeks. Or I think of my father taking care of my mother for many, many years as she suffered with a disease called lupus. As he served her hand and foot, clothing her, bathing her, working two jobs to support themselves. It's caring for your parents. I'm thinking about another friend of mine, Phil, 
whose son has just told him that he's building a new home and he's putting an addition onto it so that Phil and his wife can move in and they can take care of their mom and dad because the health is not good. I think of other door openers I've seen. Uh, Rob, the real skill at helping others figure out directions in life and how God has wired them and what they might do with their careers. He's constantly giving himself over to consult with people, no charge, to help them figure out where to go next with their lives. I think of Vicki and Jim who have gotten themselves involved with a Haiti Teen Challenge ministry, pouring themselves financially as well as time and energy into helping young people develop into godly leaders down in Haiti. I think of Larry who spends more time at projects serving other people than he sometimes spends at home. Or Dave and Claudia who are always down at the food shelf each week. Or I think of Nancy, who's so big on sending sympathy cards and encouragement cards and you name it, every kind of card in the book to others within the congregation, just letting them know God cares about you and I care about you and I'm praying for you. Oh, I think of people that are involved with our young people's ministry, giving up their Wednesday nights to work with kids. They're opening doors for these kids to find Christ. We have a team of people that have gotten together now and they're, they're adopting a refugee family from the Congo. They're thrilled. All of us are for them. A person might wonder, why would I opt to live that kind of a life? It could be inconvenient. It could be uncomfortable and sacrificial. It could be messy. Why would I do that? And my response to that is, it's the Jesus way. Don't you want to live to please him after all he's done for you? I know I do. I mean, think of the door he's opened for you and me through Jesus. Jesus has opened the door of salvation for us. He laid down his life for us so that the door of heaven might be open to us. He paid for our sins so that we might have our relationship that had been broken by sin restored and we could live with our Father again in heaven. He rose again. He's opened the door of heaven to us. He's opened the door of the kingdom to us so that we might live under him in his kingdom in the here and now, living the good life that God intended for us in the first place. Jesus called it the abundant life, the life of putting self aside for the sake of others, acting on opportunities to be kind in Jesus' name. And Jesus said, that is where you really are going to find the fulfilling life is giving it away. He's opened the door for us so that we might open doors for others. As I said earlier, you and I were saved for a purpose, to open doors for others to serve. Turns out, by the way, that Jesus knows exactly what he's talking about, that he, his way is the way, and his truth is the truth, and his life is the life for you and me. That was affirmed at the resurrection, wasn't it? He lives. He rose again, and you can believe him then when he says, it's in losing your life for others that you find it. That, my dear friends, is God's ultimate plan for your life. There's all kinds of open doors out there. And he calls you 
to step into them and be a door opener that can offer life to others in his name. So, my encouragement to you today is to be on the lookout for those divine opportunities, those open doors to love and be generous and kind, even in small things, whether it's buying a cup of coffee for the person standing behind you at the coffee shop or giving the waitress who's waiting on you in the restaurant an extra big tip. Christians should be known to be big tippers, by the way. Offer to pray on the spot with someone who is struggling with something instead of just saying, I'll be praying for you. Do it then and there. You see a person struggling at work or at school with a project, offer a listening ear and a helping hand. Step through that door. I dare you. That's where the excitement is. That's where the abundant life is. And that is God's word to you today. So let's do something with it and act upon it. Are you ready? On your mark, get set, go. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for opening the door to heaven for all who trust in your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to see the open doors you place before us to serve others so that we may be door openers for those who are in need. In the name of Jesus Christ, the door, we pray. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to watch for open doors, divine opportunities to love others, be generous and kind to others in big and small ways. In anticipation of the upcoming Advent season, we are offering a free Advent devotion booklet, Peace, Hope, and Light. Reflections on the Writings of C.S. Lewis by Dr. Joel Heck. To receive your copy, please call or write our office today. If Christian Crusaders helps meet your spiritual needs and you are in a position to do so, we ask you to consider making a contribution to help pay for internet space and radio time. Many people consider this program to be of vital importance to their spiritual needs. Address your donations to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. Or visit our secure online donation page, christiancrusaders.org forward slash support. Today's service is also available to be heard or read on the internet, as well as hundreds of previously aired messages from our virtual sermon library as well. Make a note to check us out at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day and pray you will join us again next week on this station. Today's program was led by our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer. 
senior pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders, on air and online since 1936.